Okay, comrades, welcome back to the Talking Lead AK Corner, presented by Pioneer Arms Corp. And as always, joining me is my special guest host, Ansel Robinson, also known as Schwell, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in, Schwell. How's it going, everyone? How's it going? Hello from Florida. <laughs> in rainy Florida, I understand you're having some thunderstorms down there right now. Absolutely. I think this is the third one today. Okay, so we may lose Schwell. Uh, he's had some pretty bad lightning strikes, and we've lost him a couple of times, but we will get him back. So uh, all you AK Corner fanatics who have insisted that Schwell take more <laughs> part in uh, the conversation, we're going to accommodate that this week. Schwell, do you want to introduce our special expert guest this week? Well, thank you. This is how you get me involved, huh? <laughs> exactly. Let's <laughs> just toss it to you, buddy. This week, folks, we have... None other than Vince Buckles joining us. Owner and of Mesa Kinetic Research, LLC. He's no stranger to you to you long-time leadheads. Vince has been on the show several times, and uh, we welcome you to this special edition of the AK Corner, Vincent. Thanks, guys. It's nice to be here. So, Schwell, tell them what we're going to be talking about today. Well, those of you that have joined us for the first episode, we talked about the history of the AK. We talked about all of the different variants that we had. This time we're going to talk about the parts. What makes the AK the AK? And we think that Vince is the perfect guest to help us get through this this part of the the learning process. I, I think we couldn't have picked a, a better expert for that, Schwell. Um, as you guys well know, Vincent is uh, one of the, the, the nation's renowned AK builders. Uh, he and Larry Vickers put on a, a show. It's not really a show. It's a class each year. It's the uh, Kalashnikov Essentials class, and you guys have had just amazing success with that class. Talk about that, Vincent. Uh, we, we have the uh, Kalashnikov Essentials class, the class that Larry Vickers and I came up with. Uh, we were brainstorming out in North Carolina in 2015, and we decided that we'd do a class together. And essentially, it is a two-day build class at our shop uh, where the class cost covers all of the materials to build the rifle. You're essentially getting a... Uh, uh, military parts kit, you're getting a new U.S. barrel, new uh, Childers U.S. made receiver, ALG fire control, which is U.S. made, all the necessary 922R compliance parts, and we're doing a two-day build here at my shop uh, in Gonzales, Louisiana, which is uh, between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, and then on the third day, we go out to, uh, we got a private range here in Sorrento, Louisiana, which is about 20 minutes away tops. Uh, we do the uh, Vickers Tactical One Day AK Operators class there with your brand new gun. Oh, nice! So, uh, oh, it, it's pretty sweet, man, That's because sweet. you're essentially you're essentially taking something that was a cardboard box with a sheet metal receiver in it, a bunch of rivets and parts, and then 48 out 48 hours later, you're taking it out and you're test firing it, and uh, you know doing the full sight in, learning to manipulate the safety, running the full uh, AK manual of arms with it. So, um, getting trained quite, by the masters, hills, yeah, yeah. It, it's cool, man. It's uh, We've got guys that have built AKs before at home that maybe learned from YouTube or watching a buddy or a little build party who wanted a more professional take on it. We've got guys that, uh, you know, we've got folks that have never used a power drill before that show up and take it. They do fine. Uh, in fact, the people that have limited tool experience tend to do better than those that think they know what all the tools do because they actually pay attention when we say, like, hey, don't do that. Right. <laughs> you got a piece of clay you can work with there. That's yeah. awesome. How do people sign up for that class, Vincent? 
Um, you can, uh, you gotta basically call us to, uh, uh, to sign up for it. But if you go to, uh, com, all our contact information is there. If you want to see pictures from the class, you can follow Mesa Kinetic Research on Facebook. Um, but, but honestly, man, it's, uh, you know, once you get the contact info, email us or call us, say you're interested in the class. I think we've got two or three slots left for the, uh, 2019 class. So it generally sells wow. out. Uh, August or September of the year before we announce it, like literally two weeks after we complete the, the last class. Um, we, there's only 10 slots total for it. We don't have a real big shop, but we, we basically got three instructors for the build portion and then Larry and me out on the range. So, uh, we do keep it to a limited enrollment. So you're not here with 25 other people. Yeah. And you guys just do that once a year? We do do that once a year. We do do some, uh, other, we do private build class. We do semi private build classes as well. Uh, we stopped doing a lot of open enrollment build classes. We used to do them like every couple of months. And it was like we were always setting up or getting ready for or breaking down from a build class. And it just seemed like it was kind of all consuming to do build classes. Um, so we've thinned the herd on what the schedule, schedule for that is and try to kind of, uh, save room for, um, you know, some more custom tailored experiences that you can do with us. Right. Very cool. So you leadheads, like you said, there's only a couple of spots left. So this would be a, a perfect accoutrement to your AK Corner uh, learning series here. So uh, maybe if one of you leadheads goes and takes Vince uh, and Larry's class, we'll have you on to talk about your experience. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, and maybe, maybe they could, uh, well, no, they're going to build their AK there. So never mind. I was going to say, maybe they could take the AK they're going to win, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're more than welcome. You're always, anybody's always more than welcome to bring their own AK to one of our build classes and say, hey, take a look at this, man. What, what's going on with this? Um, you know, we've got guys that, you know, they've got a uh, Wasser 10 that's got canned, you know, canned barrel accessories. We've got guys that have home builds that uh, have loose rivets on them. So for guys to bring stuff to the class to have us take a quick look at, Granted, we're not going to spend time during the class fixing it, yeah, yeah. but you can at least live the, leave the class with, hey, this is what you're trying to do on this new rifle, and then this one, now you know what you've got to drill out and fix on the old rifle. Hell yeah, I get some tips and tricks from the es- experts there. That's awesome, man. So uh, Mesa Kinetic Research, uh, just get, go to the website there, get in touch with Vincent, and uh, he, he will hook you up. Uh, maybe you just get in for 2020's class, Yeah. Go ahead and sign up for that one. That'd be awesome. So, as we mentioned in the previous episode, we're going to be giving away two rifles, Schwell. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, we have two AKs that we're going to be giving away from Pioneer Arms. Um, the VP was so gracious to offer those for us to give away, and uh, we're going to make the announcement today. Today, that's right. We're going to do. We're going to go ahead and announce one winner now. And then we're going to announce another winner towards the end of the show. So what I want to do is you guys have been just flooding our inboxes with uh, questions, feedback, comments. It's been amazing. So I want to read a few of these right now. And uh, I'll start with this one. Uh, It says, left hand. So I'd love to hear a show with Jim Fuller at Rifle Dynamics in Las Vegas. He was building AKs before it was cool. Keep up the good work. Sincerely, giddy up. I'm sure you probably know uh, Jim Fuller, don't you, Vincent? 
Oh, absolutely. Jim's been a good friend of mine for, shoot, about eight years now. I think I met him in 2010. Um, real good dude, man. I think you should have him on the show, for sure. Very cool. Very cool. Maybe you can uh, help facilitate that for us, because I don't know. I've never met Jim. Oh, well, I can, I can make that happen, if, as long as he's got the time, and he normally does have the time to do it. So, uh, okay. um, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll facilitate that. So here's one from Russ A. says, man, I really like the new AK Corner. You mentioned maybe doing something similar with other formats. This is a great idea. Maybe pick one a year and go into depth, period. Some guys to possibly have on the show. Guys from Krebs Customs, Jim Fuller again, uh, could ask Michael Bain for some other suggestions. Very cool. So that's from Russ A. So another Jim Fuller request. This one is from Kurt G., says, Marty, good morning. So happy to see the AK Corner release this week and listened uh, to the start of the series. I've been a fan of the platform for a couple of years and own one. He says it's a Century C39V2, but have not dedicated the time to learning the history as I have other firearms. Two requests for the series. Can you explore how price relates to quality slash features with an AK? I'm curious to hear a detailed view on the real differences between a budget AK and a fully custom job aside from fit and finish. I'm sure Vincent would be the perfect. Yeah, let's, let me let me take that one before okay. it's, it's off my mind, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so um, let me just start with the fact that he said he's got a Century C39 V2. Mm-hmm. That is about a, I want to say, 800 to $900 rifle right now, depending on what local gun shop you buy it at. It is a production-made rifle, to my understanding, and to the uh, you know, to my understanding of the claims of Century Arms, it's 100% made in the United States. That means they're not using any mill surplus parts um, or anything like that. It's going to be 100% U.S. made from front to back. Now, what that means, that can mean good and that can mean bad. Uh, I think we all know that we've uh, we've bought items that are made in the USA that were not as well made as. Uh, items made in certain other foreign countries, and we've bought stuff that's not made in the USA that's total garbage, and we wish it was American. So right. the AK the AK is like a weird counterintuitive point to all of that. And so here's the thing. We have a thing in this country called minimum wage, and we have a thing that is uh, an expectation of what a living wage is. And in order to pay somebody 15 or more dollars an hour, to build AKs, and if you're actually really good at it, and you understand all the fitting, all the fine fitting and fine tuning to make a high end AK, um, you've got to be paying somebody at least fifteen or twenty dollars an hour to do that. You cannot do that and produce an AK that is under a thousand dollars with all the parts made to top notch metallurgy to mill spec or better metallurgy. And pay somebody to assemble it and, and come out with an eight or nine hundred dollar rifle. Not in this economy. Not in this, uh, you know, not in this global economy we've got right now. So, uh, as you look at the AR fifteen market, if you're more familiar with that, guys, because you can see that the five hundred dollar Core fifteen or Radical or whatever these different companies are, and I'm not singling out any of these cheaper companies. I'm just going with some that I know. Mm-hmm. What they're skimping on on the AR is they're skimping on the metallurgy of the bolt carrier. They're skimping on the metallurgy of the barrel, the lining of the barrel, metallurgy and the anodizing of the receiver. So if you're familiar with that in the AR world, uh, we've got that happening in the AK world as well. But 
we got it happening with a lot of fully built guns, man. There was a lot of barrels starting in probably about 2010 when they, you know, we had that barrel ban. Uh, before 2005, you could you could import a parts kit with the barrel attached. After that, if the barrel had ever been attached to an instrument of war, you could not import it. So um, we had to start cutting barrels upon importation. That mm. led to that led to a market for U.S. made barrels. The early ones were garbage. There's still some garbage ones. There are some really good ones. But I'll put it this way: if your U.S. made barrel has an MSRP of less than a hundred dollars on it, you're probably getting a barrel that's worth less than a hundred dollars. Getting what you pay uh, for, yeah. Well, sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Now there's the whole there's another issue of concentricity on these barrels as well. We like to think that all factory barrels should be able to screw a suppressor right on them and just freaking go to work. That is a, uh, uh, a phenomenon that happened after January 26, 2011, if you happen to know what happened that day. Uh, the whole world realized you could have suppressors legally. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's, um, it's really a matter of you've got well-made barrels that are concentric. You've got crappily made barrels that are concentric. You've got well-made barrels that are not concentric. Uh, all these Polish cold hammer forge barrels, the guys are just like fawning all over right now. These things are, none of them are concentric. They're noodles, man. Don't, don't, if you buy one of them that's already threaded or you plan on threading it yourself, these Polish WBP uh, barrels are, they're, they're like a spaghetti noodle, man, like a wet spaghetti noodle. It's not the choice for a suppressor nine times out of ten. So we've got issues with, with, uh, metallurgy, with, with barrel linings, with, uh, how the parts are made, forged versus cast. Now, casting, as many people know, is basically like, uh, you know, taking a mold and pouring something molten into it, and it, it forms to that mold. Mm -hmm. um, kind of you like your old Play-Doh kits. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Or or like, um, you know, uh, people that make their own soaps with mix and pour soap, you just pour the molten soap in there, and it becomes that. Forging is, forging means heat and pressure. Okay, so uh, blacksmithing is forging. You're beating something with a hammer. You're not just pouring it into a into a mold. You're trying to get bubbles out of it, man. You've got imperfections in there. You've got oxygen. You've got you know all types of different um, uh, chemicals in the metal that that form slag pockets. Basically, pockets of um, it's it's not steel. I don't know the entire technical definition for what that is. Mm -hmm. um, That's why they call it slag because they don't know what it is either. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it's waste products from the from the molten metal is what it is, and yeah. it's it's uh, it's certainly not good to have pockets of those within something, which is why we use heat and pressure to forge something. We hammer it out, whether it's with a giant industrial hammer or with a hand hammer or whatever. So. What we have with some of these uh, these new uh, American-made AKs is we've got a conglomeration of cast parts used in areas that should be using forged parts. Cast is inherently weaker than forged. That you know, if you take the same type of steel, say you take forty-one forty steel and you just melt it and pour it in the mold, or you hammer it out, the hammered out one is always going to have better structural integrity. Um, so we've got issues with that on these American-made AKs. We've, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and say the Century Arms Raz 47 uh, has proven itself to not be a good gun. And Century is pushing the C39 more, which is a milled receiver. But that cast, uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the stamped receiver gun, the Raz 47, that's got a cast trunnion, 
cast bolt, cast bolt carrier. And you know what, Sentry? I apologize if these items aren't actually cast, but when they break, they look like they're cast inside. And when they wear, they wear like cast parts. They don't wear like forged parts. So if I'm misunderstanding the metallurgical process there, I apologize to Sentry Arms. We'll have them on and they can discuss that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I would love to see their, their reasoning. But, but the reasoning I got from their former CEO was that they were building a price point gun. And so people demand an AK that's $900 or less. Somebody's going to build that for you. Yeah. And we'll get Jay on. Jay will address that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's hard to build a $900 gun and use American labor and high quality parts. We get a little, we, we've gotten some flack on our um, Facebook page advertising this Kalashnikov couple Essentials build class. People are like, oh, well, no AK is worth more than 900 bucks. Why does your class cost this? I'm like, guys, the parts alone for this class, for your regular fixed stock rifle, if you're not doing any upgrades, they're like 800 bucks. Just for the parts, mm -hmm. for the children's receiver, for a freaking high-end American-made barrel, for a Bulgarian parts kit, not just the freaking crappiest parts kit we can find, for an ALG trigger. These things all add up. And so we're taking $800. ALG triggers are nice. I got one of those in mine, and, man, it's like butter. They really are, man. They take a couple. There's a couple of little cuts I like to make on them to improve the, uh, the function of them. But other than that, it, it, it's the best off-the-shelf AK trigger. But, I mean, you cannot build a gun with these quality of parts in it built by an american worker who really knows what he's doing without charging a premium for it it's it's you're gonna have to pay fifteen hundred dollars or better for a freaking rifle to really get all high-end parts and somebody that really knows what they're doing building it and i, I just yeah. fear that uh, the average person doesn't understand that yeah well that's why we have you on to discuss that and that was going to be one of our topics, but you went ahead and knocked that out, the cast versus the forge. So I think that was uh, uh, pretty well described, don't you, Schwell? Absolutely. You know, he touched on the one thing about getting people that have the skill to build a quality rifle. There are not a lot of guys that I know that even tinker with guns that could build a quality AK, even if you gave them the, the parts. So I understand exactly what he's talking about. But that's another thing with your class too. I mean, you're getting two of world renowned experts in firearm building, teaching you and showing you how to build your AK too. I mean, that's alone worth the price of admission. So, and it sounds like you guys have no trouble selling this class out. Uh, definitely. So that's awesome. Uh, so Kurt, I hope that answered your, your question. Uh, he goes on to say his second part is uh, his second request. Can you bring on Jim Fuller <laughs> from Rifle Dynamics in on, Vegas? I, I, I can get him on the phone and him and I can just talk together. But I guarantee that last spiel I just gave, he's going to say the same he's damn thing. thing. Yeah. Well, we'll have him on for a different, uh, a different aspect of our learning experience here on AK Corner. Uh, he said he's heard him speak a couple of times and respects his opinion on the AK very much. Uh, this guy, uh, he says, I've been a leadhead from the Zeke days, but was taking a social media break until recently jumped back into the game. I've purchased from several of the sponsors, uh, several of your sponsors, and appreciate everything you're doing for our industry and our veterans. Keep fighting. Well, thanks, Kurt. We appreciate it, and thank you for sponsoring those who make this show possible. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's do one more before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of our show today, which we're going to be talking the parts of the AK with Vincent. Uh, let's go to Troy 
And Troy actually has been all over email, social media, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. And I'm going to take this one if I can find it from my website. So it says, what club, Vincent, and he's got club in parentheses, is the AK? When asked why so many guns, I use the analogy that you wouldn't expect a golfer to just play around with just one or two clubs. Your AK series is my first introduction to the platform. I'm real interested in the tech, such as can it be customized and how interchangeable are the parts. But one of the first questions I have is, where does it fit in my bag of clubs? What niche does it excel at other than just being a fun platform to shoot? Thanks. I'm looking forward to listening to the series. Troy S. Okay. So I hate golf, by the way. <laughs> Bad <so>. analogy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Troy. Uh, but I, but here, here's the thing. I hate golf, but I've played it, so I understand it. That's why go. I'm allowed to hate it because I've played it. Um <laughs> So I, I would say that the AK, is, man, it's 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 real hard to put it into a uh, golf club thing. But uh, yeah. I don't know, man. What's your regular driver? Just a three wood or whatever when you play golf? Isn't that your standard driver? I go the big one. I go the one. I hit the one. Okay. Baby. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing with an AK. The AK is a carbine. It is a carbine. It's a thirty round air cooled, you know, magazine fed, gas operated carbine with a standard barrel length of, you know, just over 16 inches. <laughs> so I'm going to say about the AK, what I'll say about the M4 carbine. It is a, uh, it is a do all one tool in the bag tool. It is, uh, it, of course, it's not going to handle, um, vehicles and clearing rooms the same way a handgun can. Um, of course, it's not going to hit with the, uh, devastating payload of a 12 gauge shotgun at close range and it's sure not going to have the long range precision of an m40 sniper rifle or an m107 or something like that however it will do to a threat good enough in mm -hmm. all circumstances right that right. And, and it's no and i'll say the same thing about an m4 carbine it's not ideal for anything it's it's good enough for everything and so from a defensive standpoint, from a, uh, hell, even a hunting standpoint, man, I AK will do everything a 30-30 will do, or at least a 7.62 round out of an AK will. Uh, the 5.45 round, actually, where the 5.45 round shines is that it was designed around, and that's the AK-74 round that was designed in uh, 1974 for the listeners that are not familiar. But the 5.45 by 39 round uh, was designed around a 16-inch barrel, whereas if you look at the uh, 5.56 round, it was designed around a 20-inch barrel or, you know, perfected military load around a 20-inch barrel. Right. Even the 7.62 by 39 round, the, the, what we think of as the original AK round, was designed originally for the RPD machine gun, then used in the Simonoff carbine. So um, even those were designed around a longer barrel. So the 5.45 AK exceeds at the at many things because... The velocity that I can get out of a 12 and a half inch AK 105, 5.45 by 39, is about the same on the chronograph as I can get with a very similar within two grain different weight on the bullet, base 53 versus 55 grain 5.56. If I shoot a 5.56 out of a 16 inch barrel, I'm getting the same velocity as I'm getting out of a 12 and a half inch barrel with an AK 105. Therefore, it allows me more velocity in the short barrel rifle platform. That's where it will really, 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 you know, come into its own mm -hmm. and start out in the five, five, six round. 
but it's a it does the same thing at the to, to answer the question the long way around. An AK is the same damn thing that your M4 is, except for it just doesn't have the failures that an M4 has. You can reliable. build that. Yeah. It's it's just more reliable. The action's more reliable. And granted, you can have crappily built AKs or bad ammo, bad mags. Still have a AK still will malfunction once once in a while. But you can go do a you know a week long carbine class with an AK and expect to not have issues. You can't do that with an AR. Yeah. So to answer your question, Troy, I would I would liken it to a five iron. Because a five iron is something that you could you could pretty much just have a five iron in your bag, and you could just use the five iron. You could tee off with it. You could do your uh, mid game with it. You could do your putting. You can putt with a five iron. You know, it's 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 flat enough. If you need to putt with it, you could do that too. Um, but yeah, great great answer, man. I think that that pretty much covered what he was asking. But um, it also happens that. Schwell. Yes, sir. Troy S. is also the winner of our first AK rifle from... Pioneer Arms. There you go. So, Troy, get in touch with us. All laws apply. So, federal, state, local laws apply. If you're not eligible and you know you're not eligible to own a firearm, let me know ASAP. Uh, so that's our first one. We've got one more to give away, and we're going to do that later on in the episode. Um, I think that's all we're going to read from the, the mail right now. I think we need to get into talking about the parts, because there's a lot of parts that we need to, to talk about. So let's dissect the AK-47, Vincent. Uh, where do you want to start on this thing? Well, let's start with the receiver. Okay. Obviously... The standard AK that most of y'all probably own is a stamped receiver. Um, the best way I can explain how to know the difference, if you don't know, is look at your gun. And if you pick up your AK and you look at the ejection port side of it, uh, where the charging handle is when it's forward, there should be three little rivets on the side of the receiver. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah, mine. So so there's three little rivets there, and then on the other side, opposite of that, you know, on the side that doesn't have the ejection port, there'll be three rivets there, and then the rear trunnion will be riveted in, too. And uh, so it's got essentially a sheet metal channel, um, a piece of U-channel, square U-channel, that's got some uh, rails and an ejector spot welded into it, and then it's got, uh, obviously, all the necessary cuts and folds to make it shaped like an AK receiver. But it is just one millimeter, or some of them are 1.5 millimeter. Uh, some of the Yugos, RPKs, and some of the uh, Chinese stuff is 1.5 millimeters thick. But um, it's just stamped sheet metal, and it's folded, and uh, the rails are welded in. They're electronically or electrically spot welded in, and uh, it's heat treated, and it should have kind of a spring property to it. If you can take an AK receiver when it's bare and just crush it with your hand, and it doesn't snap back. It's probably an issue of bad heat treat. We used to see uh, a bunch of the old ITM receivers that were like that. Right. I don't think they make those anymore, and that's good. Uh, so what you've got essentially holding this thing together is there's a center support rivet in the middle that uh, supports the center of the receiver, and there's a uh, block of forged steel in the front and in the back, and those are called trunnions, and those are riveted in with uh, mild steel rivets that we press on a... Here in the U.S., we generally press them with a 20-ton press, 
Um, and you hear a lot about but, trunnions too when you're talking AK. Yeah. Well, because essentially trunnions are like. Uh, Think of it this way. The AK's only got one receiver, right? There's not an upper and a lower. So think of uh, your upper as your trunnions and your lower as your um, as your receiver. Okay. Because the lower on an AR has got the serial number. It's the legal part, but it doesn't do anything without the upper. So we need to have these other parts, these trunnions front and back to hold the whole thing together and support the barrel. And I mean, that's what trunnion originally means, I believe. Trunnions were the two little nubs on the side of a cannon tube that held it into the carriage. So it meant they supported the barrel. Right. So uh, the front trunnion supports the barrel, the rear trunnion supports the stock. The whole thing holds the receiver together with the rivets. Now, a milled receiver is just a big chunk of metal that <coughs> excuse me, has been gone through with various broaching and uh, cutting bits and been machined from a billet of steel or from a uh, hammer forging into a uh, just one big solid chunk receiver. Now, the old Polytech Legends were like that. The uh, Type 2 and Type 3 AKs were like that. That would be your Arsenal, um, your SAM series rifles and pistols. Um, they initially, I'm not going to get into the giant history lesson on it because I know there's plenty of, I've probably explained that on the show before, but essentially the Russians uh, either didn't have the equipment to do sheet metal stamping and heat treating and mass in uh, 47 or 49, mm -hmm. or they didn't trust that design. So they gave it till about 1960 and released uh, the type two and type three milled variants. And then in 1960 came out with the AKM, which was back to some of the fundamentals of using sh a sheet metal channel, which makes it cheap to produce. And it also shaved some of the weight off of the gun. Now it, doesn't the mill gun doesn't weigh that much more mm -hmm. if you were using AKM weight barrels? But remember, the original Type Three and Type Twos had a heavier barrel contour, bigger sight blocks, uh, bigger gas blocks, all that stuff. So those rifles are just going to be heavier. Right. Um, there's been some companies that have made some um, some milled receivers that take different stocks. Uh, I'm not going to get too heavily into those because it's kind of off of the mainstream. But the mainstream is you either buy a sheet metal channel that you call a receiver mm -hmm. or you generally just buy a milled gun. Not a lot of guys, unless you buy a milled parts kit, you can buy a milled receiver from a place like CNC Warrior. They make a lot of cool variants. But uh, your average gun, your Wasser 10, your all this stuff, man, your, your SAR-1, your, uh, your Mac 90 Norinco. All that stuff is stamped receiver. Your Segas are all stamped receivers. Yeah. Uh, it, it's my personal preference to use a stamped receiver. Um, I like the versatility that I get with it. I feel that there's a much larger combination of rear trunnions I can put in there for stock options. Uh, but then again, I always look at this from the perspective of a guy that's got a fully equipped shop to build all these things. And if I want to come <laughs> over here and build myself a rifle, I can. Right. It's so old there, aren't you? Yeah, man. Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Spoil. I'd, I'd rather just make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year pulling teeth and freaking buy this. <laughs> I hear so, now. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people will ask, uh, or they have a misconception that a milled receiver is better than a stamped receiver. And okay, you want to bust that myth? Well, I'm not going to say I'm going to bust the myth because yes, a good mill. A good receiver is always better than a bad receiver. And a good receiver with good parts on it is always better than a good receiver with bad parts on it. So it's hard to, without sitting there and just running the scientific process on everything that's available, to say it's better or worse. 
But I think where a lot of the where a lot of this idea came from is guys will take phantom camera. They used to take high speed cameras. Now that we've got phantom cameras, uh, they'll take a phantom camera and they'll film the AK firing, and you'll watch this like ripple of energy go through the entire action because it's a long stroke action, meaning that that piston is attached to the carrier, goes all the way into the gas block. When that gas pushes on it, it pushes it from the all the way forward to all the way back. It pushes it. Short stroke is like a uh, like an SKS or an FAL or some of these uh, AR conversions. That's a that's a shove, man. It freaking batters into something. So when you've got that long stroke gas system and you've got this big push down the whole length of the gun, you do see flex throughout the gun. The gun does flex front to back. Now the mill gun flexes and the uh, uh, the stamp gun flex gun gun flexes. But I think that you see a little less flex in the milled receiver. Now, how that makes it better or worse, okay, shooting accurately from a rest, from like, if you go to the school of bench rest shooting thought, which you should never be in when you're thinking about the AK, but <laughs> right. I, come from, I, I come from the school of like, you know, building bench rest rifles and sniper rifles back in the day, So, and I still do that. So uh, from th that perspective, yes. If you were, you know, when uh, when Rifle Dynamics was uh, trying to do, uh, where they were doing a uh, designated marksman rifle with a longer barrel, they used a, a milled receiver for that. And I think more than anything, the reason they did that, and, and Jim could always correct me on this, I think more than anything, the reason they did that was because people demanded it because they didn't know that the stamp one would be fine. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there's a ton of freaking flex in both of the platforms. Uh, your accuracy an AK barrel is going to come mostly from the quality of your barrel, the correct bore diameter, the um, uh, the concentricity or the you know the uh, the concentricity of the inner diameter of the bore the whole way down. Mm -hmm. How well the uh, you know the smoothness of the lands and grooves before the nitride or the chrome lining, uh, the the metallurgy of it. All these things are going to come. Headspace is going to be the one thing that you can really control for yourself at home. If you're building one of these things, get that thing at minimum headspace. Uh, a lot of these things, you know, man, if you buy a kit with a worn out bolt that's sloppy as hell, you can still get minimum headspace. And just for so, our listeners who may not know what headspace is, explain that to them real quick. Uh, headspace is the distance between the, um, essentially the rear of the cartridge and the face of the bolt. Right. So you want that to be as little as possible. If you have too much headspace, you can have, um, issues with not firing, you, you can have pressure issues, but yet you can have pressure issues with not enough head space. It's essentially the amount of space that round has to wiggle around in the chamber when the bolt's closed, and you want there to be none. Right. So that's that's what you're looking for. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So I think I think you uh, answered the question: milled versus stamped. If you know if one's better than the other, it's yeah, it's it's. It goes. It goes with the other parts that are associated with it as well. You know what goes into making up a good a good AK. So, well, I'll, I'll just say one quick thing, real quick, on the stamp stuff, man. Like on mm -hmm. them, say uh, the Arsenal uh, Sam Seven rifles and the pistols. The one real issue you face with those is that you can't just drill out the rivets, put a new rear trunnion in, make some cuts to the receiver, and swap the type of stock you're using. A conversion from fixed to underfolder or fixed to side folder things of that nature are going to be a lot more complicated with a milled receiver than they are with a uh, stamp receiver. You okay. can't just weld up, you know, like stamp one, man, I can take a, uh, I can take a Draco pistol 
and weld up the holes, smooth them back out, cut it for a side folder, rivet in a side folder trunnion, and you can have yourself a crank stock on it. Uh, you can't just do that with a milled receiver as easily. There's some ways you can do some stuff, but if you are you're painted into a corner a little more with what your options are on a milled gun. Okay, and that goes into another. I can't remember who asked it, but there was a couple of people who asked uh, as far as the interchangeability uh, of parts and things like that. Um, maybe as we're going through this and talking about them, then we may address that. So we get the receiver. We've done the trunnions. Now what do we got? Okay, so uh, well, the trunnions are going to be part of your parts kit. They would generally, at least your front trunnion, should always come with your parts kit, hopefully numbered with the other stuff. Uh, when they built these guns, um, you know, they hand fit a lot of stuff, so they numbered all the, the major components, particularly things that uh, were essential for safety, like the bolt and the trunnion, because that's what determines headspace. So uh, as far as the kits that are out there, man, I really... Um, uh, you know, your average military parts kit's going to have your front sight, your gas block, your handguard retainer, your gas tube, your rear sight block, front trunnion, top cover, uh, bolt bolt carrier, rear trunnion selector, selector stop, and trigger guard. And it might have some of the naughty full auto parts, too. Don't put those in your gun, kids. You'll get in trouble. Um, so, if, uh, if you have questions, ask, too. If you're not sure yeah, what it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? If you're building a gun, and as long as you're, I don't care how dumb a question it is, if it won't take more than like a minute for me to answer, and you think that you might be violating the law or doing something that'll hurt yourself, just call me. Just call the shop and be like, yo, I've got an emergency question for Vince. It'll take more than a minute. And I'll answer it. I really will. I really will. I'll tell my phone guys if they promise that it'll yeah. be under a minute, I'll take those. And so we got all those. He'll take those illegal parts off your hands, too. Yeah, well, they're not illegal when I have them. Well, right. They're, they're legal for you, but for them, they're illegal. Them. <laughs> so uh, so what, what we've got in there, you know, essentially we've got our, our, our American parts that we're always dealing with when we're building these is our barrel, our receiver, our fire control group. Almost all these other parts are part of a military parts kit. So I guess what, uh, what you're kind of wanting me to talk about is the quality of uh, some of these things when they're, say, not from a military parts kit and they're just something some company puts on a gun. Uh, that we're looking at? Yeah, that's another uh, question that that we had was um, what. Um, so I'm trying to think. I, I'm not going to go look for it because it's taking me too long to look for it. But basically, I'll sum up the question. Uh, it, and this may be a myth. Also, is that American-made AKs are inferior to um, some of the foreign country-made AKs? Does that well, kind of where we're headed? Eh. Yes and no. It really depends on who in America made it and with what parts. So that's that's um, when we talk about end to end quality, end to end manufacturing all parts made in the United States. There has been nobody that has produced a rifle that's end to end American made parts that I feel was up to the spec that it should be for a lifetime rifle or a rifle that you're at least going to get 20 or 30,000 rounds out of before you got to change the barrel. Mm -hmm. um, so now uh, is there a lot of companies that are building, um, you know, boutique builders such as myself that uh, are taking, you know, you can take a Bulgarian AK-74 parts kit. And like I said, I gave you that list a little while ago. Your listeners can go back and listen to me rattle it off. That's all the parts <laughs> come in there. Slow-mo um, that, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you're taking those parts and you're fitting them to a U.S. receiver and barrel. Um, when you're using a high-end receiver, high-end barrel, high-end fire control, and quality parts that you 
inspected and kind of handpicked and went, you got to look through these kits and go, hey, this looks like garbage, man. This pinhole's walled out. This is this. You, you know, we, we, we scrap those parts and we move on and we grab, you know, other parts that are that are quality. So uh, a boutique builder, I think you're going to get a better product than certainly a better product than if you just bought a, some of these AKs off the shelf in Romania or, uh, you know, Hungary or something like that. I mean, all these guys fawn over these East German parts kits. Dude, these these are not good parts for the most part, man. There's 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 some that are pretty decent. There's a lot of oversized trunnions. There's a lot of real soft metallurgy and some of the rear trunnions. Yeah. So, uh, be you know, be aware of what you buy, and and you know, if your builder says, "Hey, man, look, this part's freaking crappy," or if you're building at home and say, "Hey, this part looks crappy," replace it. Um, but it's uh, well, where can they go and get parts? You have some some links or sites that some recommendations where they can go get parts. Well, K-Bar is going to be the king of the Bulgarian parts because they've got the monopoly on that. But if you want, you know, lightly used or not used Bulgarian parts, they're always going to be probably the spot for it. Um, AK Builders got some uh, good stuff. Now, for the kits themselves, man, um, you know, Circle10AK.com always had some pretty good selections on stuff. Um, uh, Our Guns has got some pretty decent selections. Um, you know, there's... Uh, there's you can just uh, Royal Tiger Imports. I don't even know if they're still around, but let's uh, Google it and yeah, I'm not going to give you my freaking importer buddy's name. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I got. I was wondering if that was going to slip out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got to be real careful about revealing some of my sources. Um, at the end of the day, you'll realize if you ever get into the AK business, it's a lot like the international heroin trade. Like nobody <laughs> likes to tell you where they got the shit. Right, <laughs> you're not telling you where I got my shipment, baby. Yeah, That's my stash. Yeah. So, so I, I really do think that going with a to, that a high a well built, assembled in America and fitted. If you're looking for something with minimum headspace, with everything as straight as can humanly be possible on an AK, if you're looking for maximum ejector engagement, which is going to help you when your bolt tail wears out and your bolt gets sloppy, still having good reliable ejection. If you're looking for all those things, and you know you want the aesthetic quality of a high-end american gun but you want the uh you know the the quality of the good metallurgy then yeah man you're gonna end up paying some some american boutique builder like myself somewhere between 1500 and 2500 dollars for a rifle depending on the accessories that you choose to have on it right but um you know i don't think that that's an unreasonable price point when you look at what we get for 1500 to 2000 dollars in an ar-15 i don't think it's unreasonable and and, and i and i i'll just come right out and say that a lot of these ar companies Smith and Wesson, I'm looking at you, uses temporary labor to put together their freaking guns. Uh, our employees have all been here four or five years. Uh, these are career guys that are in this business. Most of these boutique shops, what you've got is career guys, not some dude that's just out of freaking rehab. That's a good and looking point. For yeah. Do for a month until they can freaking get their old job back. Um, there's a uh, there's a lot of big companies out there, and you know who you are, big companies, that are using ex-cons and welfare moms for their assembly procedure. And I admire who you're giving jobs to, but you're clouding the uh, market on who can actually accomplish what here and who's actually got the skills to put a rifle together. So uh, just something to consider. Yeah, very good. So when it comes to you know the different parts of the AK, uh, you guys are you know boutique, like you said. If I'm just going to the store, like this one guy, he bought his Sentry, or I go to Palmetto State Armory and I buy a gun, you know, I get my gun, and I want to just disassemble it, 
for my cleaning purposes. Now, another thing I want you to talk about is the barrel, uh, the way a barrel is fitted to an AK, uh, because that is different than the way an AR is. And a lot of people probably don't understand that, that process. So that will get into our discussion as far as interchangeable parts. You know, how interchangeable are the parts on the AK? Okay, so the AK is, it, it, stuff's pretty interchangeable. Um, you know, triggers, pistol grip stocks, um, you know, forward rail systems, you know, front sight posts, uh, all that stuff is easily interchangeable by the end user. Um, now granted the barrel is pressed and pinned in on most, you know, all the stamp guns and most, most guns we're building nowadays are going to be uh, pinned in, uh, pressed and pinned. So yeah, changing a barrel is a little bit more of an undertaking than it is on an AR-15. Um, but it's no more than a, of an undertaking than if you had to put your own barrel extension on your AR-15 barrel and poke your own gas port. Mm. You just... AR guys are just spoiled because this pre-headspace thing comes already screwed on the end of it. But your barrel's 400 bucks, man. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, a good AR barrel, like, I don't know, man, what's a good AR barrel? Like a Seekins or a Noveski or something like that? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, even an FN. An FN's $350 retail for the barrel. Yeah. So... You can get good AR, good AK barrels in the 150 to 200 range, and if you're paying somebody a buck fifty or 200 bucks to swap the barrel out for you, how is that really that different? So it's maybe, and if you got a 20 ton press at home, if you've been to a class, or if you're willing to watch <laughs> yeah. a bunch of YouTube videos and make sure you're doing it right, you can do this stuff yourself. Not this guy. I just, I'm pointing that? at me. I said, not this guy. I'm pointing at me. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing, man. Either you've got it or you don't have it to take stuff apart and put it back together the right way. But like, it's it's really, uh, it's not it's not hard to do, man. It, it's I think the AK, the biggest thing about the AK is that um, people misunderstand how complex it is, and I think we 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 fear the unknown. Uh, it's no different than taking apart any other mechanical thing and going, how does this work? okay, let me remember where all the parts go and take some measurements. It, it can all be done. Um, and honestly, man, with the amount of money guys spend on AR tools and crap like that, you can spend the same amount of money, get stuff for your AK, and work on it. It's just that in this day and age, man, it's all about immediate satisfaction with a lot of people. And it's, uh, you know, can I do this this afternoon at my buddy's kitchen yeah. table with his tool he's got? Get this done on I my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, if I could tell you the amount of shit I fixed on other people's lunch breaks, it would be amazing. Um, stuff I fixed on my lunch break for other people that screwed it up on their lunch break. Right. That's another story. Uh, now the uh, man, people just people get intimidated by working on the platform. I think, and no, it's not Tinker Toys, dude. There's rivets. Rivets have to be squished, but those rivets don't have to come out to change the barrel. You've got a. Uh, Four, on a standard AKM, you've got four three millimeter pins and uh, one four millimeter pin, one seven millimeter pin that all got to come out. Barrels got to come out. Stuff has to get pressed off the barrel. I can have a barrel naked in like five or ten minutes, man. And you know, it's it's yeah. Is it an hour job or something to take everything off, put it on neatly, put it back on? Yeah, but if you were doing your own barrel extension and your own gas port on your AR fifteen, it would take just as long. Right. That's a good point. Absol absolutely. I have I have a couple of AKs that. I purchased all the parts for it to build my own. And then when I started doing all of the research and started looking into everything, it was the pressing of the barrel into the, that front trunnion that has them still in pieces. <laughs> this is that one piece, yeah. 
that just that one that one process because I would have to go and get a press and find space in my garage for the press. That was the one thing that stopped me from going any further with those two projects. Well, why don't you just have somebody do that part for you and then do the rest? Because I like uh, to tinker and do it myself. I want to. I want to be able to say I built this. Well, that's like that's like two percent of the complete build. So I mean, you could still get credit. Come on, man. Hey, well, to Vincent. we've got a we we've still got a couple spots open for this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll say just travel on down to Louisiana and uh, hey, just and take them with me and just get those those parts done and build a complete just gun. Get your, hey, get man, your I, press. I, I, I actually, I actually do do a, a lot of private build classes. Guys will be like, "Hey, man, I got this freaking really expensive kit, but I'm scared to do it myself. You know, crank kit or something." And and then they'll come down and we'll build it together. And I, they get to have a hand in everything that it looks like they're competent enough to not screw up right at that moment. And I'll take over when they're not comfortable, and I'll guide them through the whole thing. So, so private build class, particularly, man, if you buy. It, crank kit man some of these are twenty two hundred dollars nowadays yeah do not send that to somebody that you have not seen their cranks they've built before man <laughs> I, I wish i could stop like uh uh having to be the second guy to get my hands on a bunch of these really nice kits that Fixing some guy other that, people's you know, fuck-ups yeah oh man it's so bad it, it is but um very good got- so what do you want to leave our our lead heads with uh when it comes to the parts and and disassembling and assembling your own ak well, uh, dis- disassembling and assembling your own AK, I mean, it- it's uh, if you're going to take rivets out of AKs, guys, they just got to be drilled all the way out, and then you got to put nice t- tight rivets all the way back in. They're not reusable. Um, it's, uh, you know, when you're looking at parts, look for, you know, uh, as far as rail systems for the front of it, man, you know, the I say stay away from the Russian stuff, man. The, the Zeneco and all that stuff, it's big, it's chunky, the metallurgy is not that great. Uh, you know, I like the SLR Rifle Works, Midwest Industries, uh, some of the Manicore stuff. Um, you know, it's uh, there, there's there's a lot of good products out there that are U.S. made now for this rifle. Um, you know, uh, M13 Industries is doing nice stuff. Definitive Arms is doing nice stuff. Rifle Dynamics is doing nice stuff. Krebs, Midwest Industries, all these places are, uh, you know, doing nice AK accessories. Uh, don't just buy some crap from some dude at a gun show based on what he says. That that, that should be the rule for like all guns. Okay, <laughs> right. you wouldn't go you wouldn't go to a stadium full of a bunch of freaking dudes with a flea market environment and purchase a freaking new Dodge Challenger. Don't do it with a freaking AK. Okay, go you see somebody that you you know call, email, stop by, talk to somebody that you respect about the platform and figure out where you're going. Any guy that will tell you the only good AKs from me, uh, he's full of crap. Uh, I could name a dozen companies that'll build you a good rifle, including my own. Uh, but you know, be wary of people that only believe in one thing and it's this or the highway and be wary of people at gun shows that tell you, man, this is what you need. This is great. Cause I can't tell you how much counterfeit Chinese crap there is out right. there. They're just trying that to is. make a buck quick buck. Yeah, Ex- exactly, man. So, um, you know, uh, I'll tell uh, you somebody we respect and that's, that's Vincent buckles. So you guys <laughs> you call him, like you said, he said, you call him up at the shop there. Mesa Kinetic Research LLC. You guys are uh, uh, what part of Louisiana? We're uh, we're in Gonzales, so that's uh, that's South Louisiana, right off I ten. Okay, uh, stop by, say hey, let him know you're leadhead, and uh, he'll definitely hook you up. What about email, uh, social meds, places like that where uh, people can hook you up? Yeah, man, I'll just go ahead and do the whole full plug real quick. Uh, the web website, uh, which is a little outdated, but great for getting our contact info, is 
uh, mesakineticresearch.com. Uh, I've got Instagram at, at Vincent Buckles, uh, spelled the way my name's spelled. Uh, we've got uh, Mesa Kinetic Research LLC on Facebook. I don't know how long that'll last because Zuckerberg's getting a little wild on us. But uh, <laughs> no doubt. I'm going to get on Facebook as soon as humanly possible, as soon as my industry has figured out how to solve. We need to Facebook. work on that, yeah. So, Leadheads, that's, that's another problem we need to fix, but that's another show. Yeah, one of y'all out there needs to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, but not a commie piece of shit. Um, but yeah, man, Amen. just uh, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, MasonKineticResearch.com. Uh, that would be how to get a hold of us. They're all over the place. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Vincent, thank you so much for taking the time, brother. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. I'm sorry it's taken so long to get you back on the show, but I thought, you know, I, I told you about this about three years ago. I was trying to get this this show together, and it finally came together. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm just pleased that you were able to, to jump on with such short notice and join us. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's good to be on again, and uh, anytime you need me for anything, you know where to find me. I appreciate that. We'll get you on the regular show, and then uh, we'll, we'll do some real uh, jack wagon train bashing. <laughs> yes that is where i excel yes sir yes sir <laughs> guys check vincent out all the places you just mentioned and let him know you're a lead head all right brother we'll talk to you soon thanks guys be safe so swell yes sir our ak corner listeners want to hear from you they want to hear you talk now they they're sick of sick of hearing me because you know they hear me on the regular show they they want swell swell Shwell. I hear it in the background. <laughs> They're chanting. Shwell. Shwell. So Shwell, what's what's coming up? We've got uh we got a special show coming up next month. I'm actually taking a trip. Yes, sir, you are. You are heading to Poland. What part of Poland am I headed to? I haven't even asked. <laughs> really? Where am oh. I going in Poland? Rodham. Rodham. Okay. That's where yes, the Pioneer Arms factory is is in in rodham poland right yes sir yes sir and for I, I know a lot of guys that have been following the ak for decades that means something to them you know there there's a history with rodham producing AKs, yeah quality ak's you know so uh you and a, a group of folks are heading over to poland i wish i was going with you i guess i'm not pretty enough i wish you were going too man <laughs> i thought you were going I, you know because we're actually gonna we're gonna record our ballistics episode there with david fortier uh, oh man that's gonna be fun and even though you're not gonna be there we're still gonna try to get swell in uh through skype or somehow um just depends on the technical issues that we have there but yeah. uh we're, we're i have i have a ton of questions and that's that's where my antenna go up is the ak and accuracy and ballistics and why people say the things that they say about the gun yeah and Vincent, you know, touched on it today. He he hit us with a little bit of ballistics today, talking about the five four five and uh, going into that. So with the AK seventy four. Yes, sir. So we're gonna we're gonna delve deeper into that our next episode. And uh, like I said, David Fortier is gonna be our guest, and there's gonna be some other people. I I don't know who else is going on this trip. I'm not. He's the only one I know. Who else is going? I, your guess is as good as mine. I haven't been keeping up because I'm not okay. going. I'm I'm over here pouting. So You're like, still I don't pouting. Care. <laughs> That's my understanding. I don't care who's going? <laughs> there's there's going to be another trip coming sometime soon, too. So maybe you'll you'll get to be on that one. Yes, sir. But I know a lot of the the leadheads uh, are chomping at the bits to find out who our next recipient 
of that AK rifle is. Are we doing a PPS-43 and an AK, or are we doing two AKs? It's two AKs for this episode. Okay. Uh, we should have a PPS available for that next episode. Okay. But you'll have to stay tuned. you got to stay tuned. So uh, I'm going to read a few more uh, feedbacks from you guys. And uh, I just did a post before this show, and we've already got uh, quite a few responses. Um, I posted the link on Facebook with Pioneer Arms Talking Late AK Corner Episode 2 is coming later this week. And uh, Troy S. is, I mean, he was quick. I think he's the first one to respond to that, which you can see why he was the, <laughs> the first recipient. Uh, like I said, he's been on all of our posts, not just the AK Corner, but our regular show post, Instagram. He's been emailing um, suggestions and questions and uh, he's really getting into this, and that's what we like to see. We like to see the excitement, and we like to see the participation. And Troy has been the epitome of what we're looking for uh, for that. So uh, another person, Michael Perry, says, I've been waiting on this for a month. I'm so excited to learn about the AK and look forward to the next 10 months. Gaining knowledge and possibly a new rifle to practice and learn hands-on with. There you go, Mike. Keep participating keep responding keep sending us feedback uh, and you could be but you're not you're not the next one uh sorry to tease you with that uh we've got another dustin warren uh he's one of our top fans on facebook that class would be a blast he's talking about the uh kalashnikov um what is it called the kalashnikov essentials class that uh vince offers vincent offers Sign up. There's a couple of spots left. Still itching for the next episode. Keep them coming. So it's here. This is the episode. Uh, Jerry Black, uh, another one of our top fans. Nick Nick Dooley, another top fan. Been uh, taking part on Instagram, Facebook. Been seeing your posts there. Uh, but we're going to go to... We're going to kick it to Instagram. And this is another... Leadhead that's been taking part in not just our uh, AK Corner, but he has been doing a lot with the AK Corner feedback, um, suggestions. It says, I still can't get over how much you guys are giving away. That's amazing. I love how much you guys put into this podcast. And that was on a post I did on Instagram. It's uh, I'm holding my Palmetto State Armory that I hydro-dipped with Dip123 Hydrographics with the skulls on it, call it the Skull Crusher AK. I uh, got the Magpul Zukov. Is that how you say that, Zukov? Yes, yes, sir. Furniture, uh, and I got that shit-eating grin on my face. <laughs> 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 Wearing my X Steel Targets uh, hat, uh, and that was by Squash EDC. So Squash EDC, you are the second recipient for this episode for an AK. So get in touch with me, talking at gmail.com. Give me your info. And again, if for any reason that you cannot uh, accept this rifle legally, you're not eligible. So let me know right off the bat. Uh, otherwise, send me your info. We'll get your uh, FFL to Schwell, and then Schwell will make this happen for you and Troy. So congratulations to... AK Heads, Squash EDC, and Troy S. You know who you are. Get in touch with me, talking at gmail.com. 
and uh, I'll get you in touch with Schwell. So Schwell, tell them about the the AK that they're going to be receiving. Is it the help up that they're going to be getting? It, it is the help up, the 762 by 39 by Pioneer Arms uh, out of Daytona Beach, Florida. And you'll be getting that with four magazines, uh, a, one of those oil bottles, and I may throw in some extra magazines. So I think I'm going to kit you guys yeah. out. I'm going to make sure that you have at least 10 magazines Hell with each yeah. of your guns. That's awesome. So that way you guys can go take a class. Uh, maybe call Vince up or, or somebody else who does uh, the training. Larry Vickers, he was talking about Larry with that building class. They do, uh, you actually get to go shoot and he teaches you how to shoot and use your AK. So that would be awesome. Hell yeah. Two yes, magazines. Sir. And these are, these are AK pistols. So, you know, with the market the way it is right now, you can add a brace to these guns quite easily and, uh, okay. get out there and, and, and take them to a class and use them. Yeah, I was going to ask. They're intended. Know, we were talking about the, you know, the 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 trunnions and the milled and the stamped receivers. So, um, guys could add one of those legal braces to these. Definitely. So yes, that's sir. cool. So, uh, like I said, next episode, I'm going to be in Poland. Going to be doing the show there, and uh, we're going to be giving away a. Rifle or a PPS-43, don't know which one yet, an AK or that, and a build kit, an AK build kit, right? Yes, sir. That's what, yes, sir. That's what CJ said in episode one, so we're still holding true to that. So we'll be announcing two more winners next month. Uh, and I know you guys said you've been waiting a month, but that's how long they are. They're a month in between each show. So <laughs> we're hitting you once a month for 12 months. This is a 12-part series. This is part two. So we got, what, 10 more months left for you guys to learn all there is to know about AKs. If there's something you want to know, shoot me an email, talkinglead at gmail.com. You guys can also hit up Schwell at? Schwell online on all social media outlets or talk to the number two, Schwell at gmail.com. There you go. Another big thanks to Vincent Buckles for taking the time to be on. Uh, Vincent, greatly appreciate it, brother. And uh, we'll try to get Vincent on another show. He's a wealth of information. He would have been great to have on our history show, too, because he can spout off dates and and people and events. Just, I mean, at the drop of a hat, he's phenomenal. Yeah, Vince seems like one of those guys that could be on every show that we did, and he would have something to contribute. And, I, th- I, think, I, mean, I think he should be doing the show. <laughs> Or at least replacing me. <laughs> no, no, I mean replacing me. You got, you got to stay on. You, you got your fan base, man. We're trying to, we're trying to accommodate them and let you talk more. So, uh, Schwell, any parting words for the uh, talking lead AK heads out there? Well, guys, if you want to get ahead of the curve, go check out Pioneer Arms USA on Instagram. We have a a talking lead picture posted on that account right now. Hit that picture. <laughs> And thank Pioneer Arms for their support of what we're doing because without them, it would be hard for us to accomplish this show. It would not be occurring without Pioneer Arms. So thank you, Pioneer Arms. Thank you, CJ. You guys go to their website. It's www.pioneer-packpac.com. And go check out their line of awesome rifles. They've got the AK-47. They've got the AK-47 Help Up. They have the uh, PPS... 43 that we were talking about 
Uh, they even do shotguns. I didn't even know. I didn't. You know, we've not really talked much about their shotguns, but they do shotguns as well. Yes, sir. There's there's quite a few things in the in the pipeline that many of us haven't even seen yet, but it's coming. Right, and hopefully we'll get some inside skinny on our trip to Poland. And uh, oh, you will. You Absolutely. Leadheads, as always, will be the first to know. So until next month, Schwell, you guys. Make sure they go to all of the social media, continue to send those emails, continue to hit us with questions, recommendations, anything you want to know. If it's something you think we should be asking, let us know. We're reading every message. We're paying attention to everything. Nothing that's gets, how you enter. Nothing gets by Schwell. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And remember, all laws... Federal, state, local apply on these giveaways. So if you're not eligible, like if you're California, I'm so sorry, guys. You these aren't California compliant firearms, so you're not eligible, and I'm I'm really sorry about that. Uh, but we'll try to make it up to you. You know, maybe we'll have some other things that we're giving away. You know, some of the other episodes. Hint, hint. Foreshadow, foreshadow. But. <laughs> Hang in there with us. You know, we want to we want to reward everyone. I mean, if you're not getting, you know, a prize from us, then you're getting knowledge. You know, hopefully you're getting the knowledge that you want. And if you're not, tell us, like Swell said, and we'll make it happen. So, guys, until next month, we will talk to you soon. Study up on your AKs, and I look forward to seeing the emails and all the social media comments and feedback from you guys. So, until next month, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close and your Pioneer Arms AK closer.